bringing you news and updates from the Alliance of American Football, your source for everything Memphis, with your hosts, Dan and Michelle. This is Memphis AAF. And welcome back to the show, and what a show we have for you today. I am Daniel, and I am joined by the co-host, Michelle. What up, what up? How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. How are you today? <laughs> no, nah, just a little taken aback by that. That was uh, unexpected. Well, I that's me, full of surprises. <laughs> so on today's show, we're going to be talking about the draft process. Okay. Or as it really it doesn't seem like much of a draft. I think it was called a draft, but it actually really isn't. It's just... Uh, People getting signed? Yeah, it's free agency. Okay. And we're also going to cover a little bit of news, not a whole lot going on, but couple of updates and what's special about this episode is we have two interviews with prospective players that are looking to join the uh, alliance of american football say what right (laughs) i'm excited these interviews were fun yeah yeah i was kind of nervous uh i've never conducted interviews before so i don't really know what i was doing i think you kind of hear it but please forgive that these guys are awesome and they really they saved the interview they really helped me out And there's some really cool guys that have a lot of drive and a lot of passion. And I really think they deserve a chance. So the first interview we've got for you today is Garrett Berg. All right. The big Berg. (laughs) I don't know if that's his nickname. (laughs) His nickname is Iceberg. I like big Berg better. It's kind of like big bird. Mm. Let's go with Iceberg. I think he'd appreciate that a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Iceberg. But he is a punter out of Waukita Baptist University, which is a division two school in Arkansas. Okay. Uh, he's a, did I say he's a punter? Yes. Well, he is a punter, just in case I didn't say it. <laughs> punters are people too. Um, and we talk a lot just kind of about the role of punters and just kind of about the, kind of talk a lot about the AAF. All right. But he is currently training with one-on-one kicking out of Birmingham, Alabama. He helps train kids in kicking and just kind of still involved in the sport and constantly active as we discussed in this interview. Awesome. Let's check it out. All right. Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Well, um, like I said, my name is Garrett. I am a uh, free agent punter right now. I currently train with a company called One on One Kicking. They're based out of Birmingham, Alabama, technically. Uh, I've been training with them on and off for the last uh, 10 years since high school days. And I work with Mike McCabe and Will Goggins. Will Goggins actually played at the University of Troy for a while. He's now the uh, director of punting out at and he lives in Dallas. So I travel there quite a bit to train. Some of the guys that I train with got Johnny Hecker who plays for uh, the Rams. He's a pro bowl punter. Also train with a lot of the uh, division one guys that McCabe does guys that play at Washington guy named Oscar. So I play with, I train with some of the most elite guys in the country. Myself, I attended Washita Baptist uh, university. It's a division two school in Arkansas and Arkadelphia played there. And then afterward ended up just staying in the state of Arkansas, got married and, and had a, had a daughter. So that kind of kept me there, but I've been chasing the dream ever since. Had some CFL tryouts, um, just trying to get a little bit of, uh, get an opportunity to play in this AAF. I think this league is going to be fantastic. The The structure around it is uh, very solid compared to any other startup league that's ever come around. Yeah, I don't know if you heard, I think it was like our first episode. We're talking about just like all the people they have, you know, GMs to broadcast guys, media guys, you know, ex-players. You know, some of the best players that's ever played. So, yeah, it's a really good foundation for the league. I'm really excited about. Yeah, Charlie Ebersol, I mean, I think he's got this going in the right direction. You know, he's got Justin Tuck, who's uh, one of the, I think, one of the best. He's got a great mind around business itself. 
Um, he was a fantastic player as well. And then you got Troy Palomalo, who's over the uh, player personnel, uh, which is a fantastic fit, I think, for him because um, he really knows what it needs. Because he was in the league, I think, uh, about, what, 16 years. So he has a very understanding of what players really want and need when it comes to their everyday life. Yeah, definitely. Um, then you have Heinz Ward, who's, you know, Super Bowl MVP. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, you know, you got great people that are surrounding this league and, um, which is, you know, um, not too many, like I said, they had leagues in you know, USFL, which kind of flopped, I guess it was a one, one and done for them. Or I think it was two full years, but you know, it, it just, there were some leagues that just have tried and just really didn't have that structure like the, the AAF does. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just like with everything going on with that, the NFL is struggling with just like some of like, you know, the like with the player injuries and just kind of everything that's going on, it's a great time for somebody else to come along to kind of fill that gap with uh, fans that are displeased with the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's that, like that, that gap, as soon as football ends in February, really there's nothing that comes in and fills that void. Everybody, um, you know, just kind of steers away. And, you know, there's, if you're a sports fan, you have other sports to watch, but majority of people watch football and that's what, you know, my wife, you know, football's over. That's the only, that's the only sport she watches is, is football because it's the most entertaining and it's, um, and it Absolutely. Just, it just drives, drives revenue for people. Yeah. And, uh, and Charlie did an interview. I can't remember where it was, but you can probably find it if you look for it. But he was just saying that, you know, the NFL, the ratings are like so much higher than like the next four professional leagues, but they only operate six months out of the year. And like if any other business that was that path, any other business that was that successful only operated for six months out of the year, there's definitely a gap for somebody else to fill. And so I see that's where kind of AAF is going to fill that gap. Definitely. Yeah. There's, there's uh there's that void and I think they're going to fill it and they're going to coincide. And, you know, like I said, it's going to be a kind of a funnel, I think for the NFL. Um, I know this is the first year and everything and they only got the eight teams going on, but I can totally see it expanding over the next couple of years, you know, maybe from eight teams to 12 and then 12 to 16 and, eventually be to where they're almost like a minor league system mm-hmm. kind of like baseball has for the NFL or even for the CFL, if they want to jump on board and kind of have that, you know, um, opportunity to kind of coexist. Yeah, definitely. So you said you're in Little Rock now, right? Yep. I live in Little Rock. Um, awesome. And then, uh, yeah, I've been there. I've been living in Rock for about since 2013. So about five years now. Awesome. So it wouldn't be too big of a deal to make that commute to Memphis. Oh, absolutely not. Memphis would be, I think, uh, would be a great position for myself. I would think uh, just because how close it is, family can come watch um, and things like that. Family, friend. I think this the Liberty Bowl. I've been there before for a few for a few games. Itself is a great venue. I think it's just it's the, the community. I think is going to just. I mean, it's going to eat this up. I think they're going to love it. Yeah, definitely. So I saw some a video that you posted kicking in the I think Little Rock High School. Yeah, North Little Rock High School. They have a, a pretty much a three million dollar high school. It looks bigger than some uh, <laughs> Division two schools I've played at for. So, so but yeah, they uh, kind of uh, when I was at Washita, you know, I ended up in the country in Division two average wise overall twenty fifth in the country. Uh, average was right right a little bit under the forty uh, mark. It was forty nine point like eight six. And, you know, in Division Two, you know, people always, you know, look upon it and it's like, oh, maybe the talent level is not as good. But you got professional punters like Marquette King, 
who played at Fort Valley, who's a Division II, you know, punter. He plays for Denver Broncos now, and everybody knows him from Oakland, but, you know, he's with Denver now. And then you got Chris Jones, who's the punter for the Cowboys. He played Division II as well. So when it comes to Division II, I feel like when it comes to a specialist like a, like a punter, um, the talent level is just as high as Division One. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of talent out there at kickers. It's just like the problem with the NFL is there's not a need for a whole lot of them. You know, you'd only need mm-hmm. 32 punters, maybe a few more during training camp. Yeah, camp leg or some sort. But other than that, you know, there's not that opportunity. And then, you know, the longevity of a kicker is so long. You get guys out there mm-hmm. like Phil Dawson and Adam Vinatieri that's probably, you know, been playing longer than I've been alive that you know, they're <laughs> not slowing down. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the long, like I said, the longevity part of it is just taking care of your body. And mm-hmm. um, with a kicker, there's not as much strain on your body, I guess, compared to an O-lineman or a linebacker or a quarterback, you know, and, and, and guys, you know, there's this, some of these punters are phenomenal athletes as well. I mean, I, I played, you know, high school in high school, I played basketball and I played baseball. And so, but some of these punters are just pure athletes that just have the, that could truly probably play a different position if they wanted to, but they just, you know, being a punter, it's a special, um, like I said, it's a specialist position for sure. You've got to train at it. And it's not just a, Oh, I'm going to pick up a ball and kick it. Cause you know, I mean, I remember back in college where we had guys that were who just fool around and they'd say, Oh, I can punt the ball. And they'd come, you know, a big 300 pound lineman come over and try to punt the ball and it go, you know, 30 feet in the air, but you know, 10 yards. So yeah. <laughs> it's not really as easy as it looks. Yeah, definitely. And like, um, you know, you're mentioning, you know, these guys could play in other position. I'm just thinking like Marquette King, I can't remember what season it was, but there was like, it was like fourth and 20. And it was like a bad snap. And then like he picked it up and just ran it for a first down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, uh, you know, people like Marquette King, he's just like a set of freak athlete. I'm, yeah. Uh, he's, he really could play running back or wide receiver if he really wanted to. I think he did a little bit at uh, Fort Valley when he was there in college, but he was mainly the punter. I don't even, he, he trains with uh, Jamie Cole, which a lot of people know is Cole's kicking is kind of a, a big brand as well. Uh, but he's he's fantastic when it comes to just his his uh, mentality. I I follow him on social media and things like that. And he's just, he's always training. Every single time I see him, he's he's work he's perfecting his craft. And that's you know what I try to do as well. You know I you know four days out of the week, you know I'm trying to at least kick. Or if not kicking, I'm weightlifting or running or doing something to get better every day. Yeah, well, that's awesome. So there's one thing um, about the league that I've just kind of been speculating about. So there's no kickoffs. There's no extra points. Do you think there's a need for a place kicker and a punter in this league? Or do you think that the punter is going to be responsible for everything, including the field goals? Well, um, I got a buddy actually who just got signed by the Orlando team, Ben Turk. He played at uh, Notre Dame. Me and him are pretty good buddies. Um, And he said that they haven't really looked at any kicking yet because he's just a pure punter as well. He was with the Jets in training camp this year. And he got cut, so that's where he got his knack was to go into because his allocation was for Orlando. And he got signed a couple days ago. Um, And then he, which is funny because right after that, I think the punter from Georgia got punt. He got signed by the Orlando team as well. So they brought in two punters because I don't think the guy from Georgia actually even kicked field goals ever. So they brought in two pure punters and not a kicker yet. Um, So I'm not sure what Spurrier's kind of doing. I know you know Ben Perf. You know, like I said, I've known Ben for a while. I, I, he's got some unbelievable hang times. 
Um, but seeing that they brought in two punters and I don't see them bringing in a kicker, I don't really know if they're going to be dual or I think it's going to be based on how the coaching preference is or yeah. whatever kind of, because uh, salary wise right now, it seems like they're really kind of just open to doing whatever. Yeah. And I saw in that video, what, didn't you have like hang time of like five seconds? Yeah. Some of my, you know, most of my punts, uh, I would say most of my, on a good session day, uh, when I'm charting, I'm hitting, you know, 45, 4, 7, 5, um, you know, and then uh, if I really get into it and trying to get some distance, uh, I can hit a punt, you know, 65. Um, hang time, we were on that 4, four 5, 4, 6 mark. But um, really when it comes to um, with training with, with Will Goggins down at 101 in Dallas, more and more NFL is moving to the directional punt, not the oh, he can hit a 55-yard punt with a five-second hang. They want it to be inside the hash on the left side, 45 yards, and they're okay with a 4-6 hang time. Or they want it to the directional right because these returners are becoming more and more dangerous. Yeah. So placement's a huge thing for a lot of these uh, teams that go out and sign somebody, especially um, in the NFL. Awesome. So is there anything else that you wanted to cover before I kind of close this out? No, yeah, just want to, you know, uh, pleasure to be on the show today and uh, looking forward to hopefully get an opportunity and hoping that they uh, will open up something for like a local uh, combine, maybe for every team individually. So I would definitely be at the Memphis one um, and getting a, hopefully get a shot. Um, you know, and it's just one of those things on the outside looking in right now without, a, without anything for the specialist, I really just kind of a word of mouth and who's getting cut from what teams for, for us punters and for, even the long snappers, I know they got invited to the combine, but getting a punter, getting an opportunity, it would be uh, fantastic and would love to play for the city of Memphis. Awesome. All right, before you go, there's been some team names been floating around. So I'm going to hit you with a kind of a speed round and you tell me what you think the best team is or if you have another team name you want to throw out there. So we got the yeah. Hound Dogs, the Blues, the Kings, or the Pharaohs. Uh, I think I think the uh, the blues would be nice, just because it is a city of blues and a lot of nice. Uh, we got was BB Kings out of there, and yeah, there's um, a BB King. So I would love to meet. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be fantastic. Uh, so I think the blues would be nice. Um, the jersey scheme would be pretty cool. I think like a so, uh, royal blue or an mm-hmm. uh, yellow in there. All right, well, fantastic. So let everybody know where they can find you. If they're needing to get a hold of me, my number um, is five zero one. Five two nine twenty eighty one, um, and my email address is gberg48 at gmail.com. So I'm looking forward to hopefully getting an opportunity to get some looks. And I do have some film up on YouTube. I'll be getting more and more up. So you just look up Garrett Berg, free agent punter. You should be able to find it. Awesome. I'll be sure to put uh, one of your videos in the show notes for people to check out. Absolutely. I appreciate it. All right. All right. So that was your interview with the iceberg. Uh, I'm excited and I hope to see him play in Alliance. Yeah, and like I said in the interview, his contact information, all of his social media, as well as videos of him punting, will be in the show notes at memphisaaf.com slash three. So now let's get on with the news. Let's do it. As of about three or four days ago, the Alliance released a list of the first hundred players that have been signed in the league. That seems like a lot because there's, what, eight teams of 50 players each? Yeah. And that's 400 players. So we're a quarter of the way done. And there's five combine dates, right? Four. Four. Okay. Yeah. LA, Houston, and then two in Atlanta. So are they hoping to sign? I guess maybe you don't know the answer to this, but I'm wondering if they're hoping to sign 100 players for each combine. 
Well, these players didn't come out of the combine. Oh. Because the combine, well, maybe they did, maybe some did, but a lot of them, um, and if you've been following me on social media, you've been, I've been posting like the players as they get signed, at least as far as I've noticed, as we know, the AAF is not good about communicating. So I've been trolling Twitter and watching these guys stream, just kind of watching when they announce that they've been signed. A little, little bit of shade there, bro. AAF, good on your communication. <laughs> okay, so 100 players were signed. Yeah. Like you said, there's going to be 400 players in the league total. We've signed 100. However, you got to keep in mind that each roster is going to have 50 players. But during the offseason, during training camp, there's going to be a lot more. Oh, so they're going to sign, obviously, more than 50 players, just like the NFL does. And yeah. then they'll cut down to the 50. Yeah, like the NFL signs 90. And then when the season starts, they're down to 53. Gotcha. I haven't seen anything official, but I've seen it said on Twitter that the rosters during the offseason will be 75 would get cut down to 50. Okay. And Memphis has signed 32. I think 33. There is one today. So, you know, we're... And that's as of recording. It might have yeah. changed between now and when the episode comes out. Yeah. So there could be a few more. Follow me on Twitter to find it. Yeah. And you've been doing a good job on the website as well for updating the roster. Yeah. So as people get signed, check out the website. And uh, Dan's going to keep you updated on who's been signed and their position and stuff like that. Yeah, just go to the website. There's a link on the top or go to memphisaaf.com slash roster. And I've got a lot of information on the guys. I'm working on trying to build it out. If you want to help out, if you're a good writer or if you want to kind of do some research for the show, hit me up. Uh, I'd love some help on that because I want to like do a profile for all these players and just kind of let everybody know what they're about. That'd be awesome. But I don't know if I can do it on my own. If I do, it's going to take a while. So Memphis, as of that release, has signed the most players by quite a bit. Oh, really? Yeah. We signed 32, and I think San Diego signed three. I think There's Birmingham. a San Diego team? I always forget what the, the, <laughs> the cities are. Did we ever just like, go over the list? of? There's eight cities. Correct. So I plan on going over the other alliances in a later episode. Uh, but we got Atlanta, Orlando, and Memphis were the first three. And I can't remember the order after that. But there was Phoenix, San Diego, San Antonio, Salt Lake City. And then the last one was Birmingham. Oh, okay. Wow, Birmingham and Atlanta, those seem close. Yeah, I mean, Memphis, Birmingham, Atlanta, and Orlando are kind of all in the south, uh, southwest. Southeast? Yep, yep, that's, that's where those are. <laughs> Geography is your strong suit. <laughs> and math is yours. <laughs> I just got called out. Yeah, San Diego, I think, signed three. Um Three? I think so. At the time of that release or at some point, I can't remember exactly. If you want to see the full list of all 100 players, it's going to be in the show notes. There's a PDF that they put out, so you can find it there if you want to take a look. And then the last bit of news is that the L.A. Combine was this past weekend. All right. On the 4th. The first one. Correct. Okay. We got Houston coming up on the 18th, and then Atlanta is going to be towards the end of the month. Gotcha. Still haven't heard back about meteor credentials, so I don't think it's going to happen. And from what I understand, it's not open to the public. But if I find out that we can go and do something, we're definitely going to do that. If there's anyone out there that can make that happen, let's make it happen. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> Charlie, I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to take a quick pause here while Michelle recovers. <laughs> that was so simple, but really funny. <laughs> One thing that I noticed about the LA Combine, like they didn't release much. A couple of the scouts released a few like videos, just, like quick videos of the 40 yard dash. I'm sensing a trend here. 
What is this? Lack of information. Sorry, keep going. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little slow tonight, apparently. (laughs) But they were announcing like these really fast times for the 40-yard dash. Okay. So the NFL record is held by John Ross, and I think he ran either like a 4-2 or 4-2-2. I don't know what that means. It's very fast. 40 yards in 4.2 seconds. Holy crap. I, I could probably run it in like eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> and they announced a running back had run a four two two. So like you got a guy who's either like tied the record or like pushing for the record at this combine. Well, not to be insulting and say that that didn't happen. Oh, sure. It's just the likeliness of that does not seem very high. Yeah. And then from what I saw on Twitter and just kind of like that's been put out there. They're not using laser devices. I can't remember the name of it is, but essentially like they're using stopwatches to time these guys, which is not very exact. Right. Because it's prone to human error. Right. Whereas if you get like a laser motion sensor or whatever, you can get like the perfect exact time. Right. So if they're not doing that, then these times really aren't that reliable because you got some fast times like, you know, even like a four, six, five, somebody ran and then people are commenting on these videos like that does not look like that time that's listed. Gotcha. So. It's just kind of weird that they wouldn't invest in these uh, this equipment to get more precise times. Do you think that maybe they'll change that for the future combine dates? Maybe next year. I'd, it'd be weird for them to do that for like the upcoming ones. Yeah, because it seems like it would be unfair for the first like round, the first one in L.A. you said it was, um, and then to go back for the others and do lasers. Like it seems like the timing wouldn't match up. Obviously, yeah. Any more news from the alliance? <laughs> I think that's going to be our jingle. Put a little bit of music behind it. <laughs> no, like I said, it's been pretty slow. You know, I think they're focusing on the combines. Okay. Let which, us in. Let us in. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure is all filled up. Now, if you weren't able to register for the combines, the teams will be hosting their own like individual workouts and tryouts and stuff like that. So if you didn't make it to the combines, don't worry. There's still a chance. You know, there's still opportunity. Just get your name out there. So last week we said that in this episode, we were going to talk about the front office and the draft process. Um, But because these players wanted to call in and talk to us and we wanted to bring you those interviews in this episode, we're going to just talk about the draft today and we're going to bring you our conversation about the front office in next week's episode. And we also wanted to ask you guys as the audience Do you want us to give you a bonus episode with player interviews so then we would come out with one, possibly two episodes a week? Or do you want us to keep our section shorter and give you two player interviews all in one episode? So go to memphisaaf.com slash contact and let us know what your preference is. Or hit us up on social media and let us know there. That's probably a lot easier. Now, before we get into the so-called draft process, I want to bring you the second interview with a potential player. This guy is Hajir Wharton. He's a defensive back out of North Carolina. He went to North Carolina A&T University. He's currently a defensive back coach for Hickory Ridge High School in Concord, North Carolina, an ambassador for a nonprofit called Samaritan's Feet, all while running his own cookie company at T-Wow Cookie Creations. Damn. Yeah, this guy, this guy's pretty cool. And he's just like, he's got a humble attitude and he's driven to, you know, be in this league and just, he just loves the game and he loves giving back to the community. So at one point I asked them, like, what is something that you look forward to about coming to Memphis if he is signed? And and what his answer was that he is really interested in getting to these schools and giving back to these kids and helping out, helping these kids out in these schools. So not like Beale Street, not Graceland or any of our attractions, 
It's like giving back to the community. That's really cool. Yeah, I love it. At one point there, the connection gets really bad. So I had to cut quite a bit of it out. So you'll hear a little sound effect, a little swoosh noise to indicate that. But the rest of the interview just was really awesome. So here it is, Tajir Wharton. All right, guys, I've got with me Tajir Wharton. He's a safety. He plays free safety and strong safety, and he plays some outside linebacker in college. Uh, he went to the North Carolina A&T State University and then played semi-pro with the Charlotte Colts. Thanks so much for being on the show, man. Hey, thank you very much for having me, man. Well, let's get started. Kind of tell me a little bit about yourself and like, what you can do. Um, yeah, man. Like, like you said, my name is Tajir Wharton. Um, I play free safety and strong safety, man. I've been playing football since... Uh, since the age of three, honestly, man, it's been something that has been instilled in me growing up, um, allowed me to uh, be able to have morals and values. Uh, so I really appreciate the sport a lot, man. Um, you know, my dad and my mom stayed on top of me, not pressured me, but stayed on top of me uh, to be the best I possibly can be, man. So that's what I'm sought out to do. That's awesome. So what are you up to lately? Like, what have you been up to? Oh, man, recently, man, I just started coaching um, at for the defensive back at Hick- Hickory Ridge High School out here in Concord, North Carolina, with Kannapolis. I mean, just being there for the first few days, man, has been exciting, man. We just did some pads, uh, got 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 opportunity to hit for the first time on yesterday, matter of fact, yesterday, man. So it was exciting. It was exciting, man. I felt that that rush that you get when, when you get that first hit, man, I seen those kids' eyes open up, man. And, and uh, man, that's that's truly a blessing being able to give back from, you know, uh, being coming, you know, being a product of uh, North Carolina or just going through that process of middle school, high school, football to college. Uh, just being able to give back, man, that's something that I'm really big upon. Um, also, I'm, a, I'm an ambassador for a, a nonprofit organization called Samaritan's Feet. What they do... Uh, they wa- literally wash the feet and minister to people, man. It's something so important. I don't know. I don't know if you guys, uh, you know. Of course, you know um, Steve Smith, um, Jonathan Stewart. Uh, some of the Carolina Panthers are really involved because I'm out here in Charlotte, North Carolina, with that organization. And so, it's a pleasure to be able to meet those guys and be able to work with those guys. And, you know, get some. You know, like I said, get some uh, mentorship between those guys. Also, um, I do have a cookie business. Also, right now, man, <laughs> I was so, about to bring that up I, if you didn't. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it's little, that's funny, man. But but yeah, I started started my cookie business in college, man, and uh, I was out in Greensboro for some time. Planned on moving out here to Charlotte with my family so I could get some help with it, man. And it, it's starting to pick up a little bit. So you know, God, when that takes off, man. But yeah, that's that's, that's what I've been up to, man. Just touching lives one person at a time and touch changing lives one bite at a time when it comes to my cookies, man. So, <laughs> um, uh, man, that's that's what I've been up to. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so like I said, you went to North Carolina A and T State University and then played for the Charlotte Colts. So now that college is unallocated, right? As far as like the AAF draft goes, so you can pretty much sign with any team. Correct, correct. It is unallocated. Is there any team particularly you really want to go to, or are you just kind of open for the opportunity? Oh, man, open for the opportunity, man. It would be pretty good if I had an opportunity to play under Mike Singletary, man. I used to watch him growing up, so that would be a blessing, man. Honestly, a blessing. Or Steve Spurrier, uh, and these guys right here, you, you watch these guys, you know, have that dream, like, man, I want to be able to interact with these guys at some point, so I can get that learning experience from them. Um, uh, so, yeah, that, you know, uh, that's that's a little something something right there but definitely open to the opportunity to see what any kind of blessing that comes my way yeah that'd be awesome you know like because our head coach is mike singletary our general manager is will lewis who played cornerback 
And then our team right. president played was a, a defensive back in college. So I mean, we've got like a defense heavy team right now. So I think that'd be awesome to get be a good fit. Yes, sir. So are you going to be attending any of the combines coming up? I'm planning on attending the Atlanta combine. I um, uh, should be out there on the 25th. Um, uh, so plan on go ahead and, and do what I have to do out there, showcase my talents, man. And um, I'm pretty excited about that. Pretty excited about that. Pretty excited about this whole thing, to be honest with you, man. This, this league, man, it's giving us a great opportunity as athletes. Yeah, it's it's so cool because, like, I, I know I mentioned in a previous episode on the podcast, just like the way they're building this, you know, the like the executive team, or I'm not sure, you know, the head honchos. Um, you know, you got broadcast guys and Charlie Ebersol. Right. You know, you got Heinz Ward, Troy Palomalu, Justin Tucky, all these great players. And then you got like all these great general managers of, you know, from the NFL. So it's just a huge team, like top to bottom of people that know what they're doing. Right, right, right. You are absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. I, so I was watching some of your highlight videos. And what I got to say, what I love about watching those is you do not give up on a play. So <laughs> there's one in particular. <laughs> The defensive line gets to the quarterback and it looks like almost it looks like a sack. And I was watching the highlight. I'm like, why is this on Tajir's highlight reel? Because he's not even in the play. But the quarterback spins out of it and throws the ball and you still come up with the interception. Yes, sir. I love that because like, like, you know, I see it all the time. In the pros whenever it looks like the play is over. The guys just kind of stop playing. And then, you know, receiver gets open. You see it a lot with like Russell Wilson, the guys that can move around. But it's awesome to see, you know, a defensive back that can still be in the play through it all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Honestly, man, going in, in college, um, it actually started when I was younger. You know, like I said, my parents stayed on top of me. You know, anything that you do, you give 100 percent in. So and then and I owe it to my teammates. You know, they're counting on me to do my percentage of uh, my responsibilities. So if I were to lack off on that play and then he gets loose and throws that deep as safety, then we're screwed, you know. And then also in college, you know, Coach Broadway, I played under Coach Rob Broadway, who is no longer the head coach at North Carolina A&T, is Coach Sam Washington, great coaches. Um, but he used to always talk about when something good happens, keep playing. When something bad happens, keep playing. You know, at that situation right there, you would say, hey, we got a sack, we got a sack, but you got to still play. You got to keep playing because you never know. You always got to be prepared for what's happening next. And so, man, I, I, I go 110 miles per hour I can every single play because you never know. You never know when that next play is or who's going to make that next play or where you got to be um, as far as being that support for your brothers on that field. Yeah, exactly. So you're living in North Carolina. Do you plan on moving to Memphis if, say, you do get picked up by the Memphis team? Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. Definitely. I got some family out there in Memphis, and the environment out there is pretty cool, man. You know, being, <laughs> being around a lot of Southern people. My family's from up north, down south, all over the place. So getting that different kind of vibe. Um, I was I was about a buck fifty, man, a buck fifty, and I was always trying to figure out, Taj, how in the world are you gonna get around these big guys? What are you gonna do to to get around these guys? And my heart, man, my heart motivation came from watching videos: Mike Singletary, Brian Urlacher, Brian Dawkins, Ray Lewis. I mean, and the list goes on. And every single day, every single day, I would wake up in the morning, I would pray. And I would literally watch these videos to prepare myself and I would go for a jog. And I was, man, I'm telling you, waking up at four o'clock in the morning, going to run at 4.30, being back by 5.30, taking a shower, getting on the bus by 6.30 and getting to school, man. And that was something that I did every single day 
Uh, man, that's how badly I enjoy and want to play this game, man. Um, uh, but being able to play up under that that young that man, man, is it, something that um something that would be truly an honor and a blessing. So if you do get signed by Memphis, like what is something that you you be uh you be wanting to check out? Um. You know, I've really, you know, I've only been uh, to Memphis a few times, but I was younger. Um, so definitely will be exploring quite a bit, to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, and trying, <laughs> trying to see what's out there, definitely see how the nightlife is. I'm, I'm not somebody that goes party a lot, but I do like to have a good time. Nice little lounge, somewhere chill like that. Um, but definitely, man, get involved in the schools, man. That's really what I would love to do, get involved with the schools, touch back, you know, give back. Um, uh, man, so I definitely will look forward to that. That's awesome. That's good to hear. Okay. So as you know, the league hasn't announced any team names or anything there. It's up to the fans to kind of come up with that. I'm not sure how they're going to do it, uh, but right, it's a lot right. of fun seeing what people's suggestions are. So I'm going to hit you with a few that have been, uh, kind of going around the Memphis Facebook group. Um, let me know what you think of them, what your favorite is, or if there's something else you want to throw out there, you know, be sure to do that. Uh, but we got the Hound Dogs, the Blues, the Kings. And the pharaohs. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I should explain if you're not from the area. The Hound Dogs, obviously Elvis, uh, you know, his famous song. The Blues, Memphis has a you know, big music history, really in the blues. Um, right. The Kings, you know, one thing about the city is Martin Luther King. This is where he was assassinated. So there's a lot of history there and the civil rights movement. And then the pharaohs, there's right. a city in Egypt called Memphis. And it was the capital of like ancient Egypt. So there's a lot of Egyptian architecture, kind of Egyptian themes in the city right right so yeah, knowing man. that like what do you think what do you where are you leaning i like i like i like the kings man i like i think i like the memphis kings man that, that's that's so some some authority some some power right there man i feel like if you you got a team yeah. that has that power comes on the field memphis Kings. you know what i'm saying that that, <laughs> that, that just brings some power to, to to the table right there i feel like so some authority i hear you yeah man and also, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., like I said, but also uh, Elvis being the king of rock and roll kind of plays into that. And then if you actually want to go a little bit more modern, uh, Jerry the King Lawler is a big, big figure here in Memphis. So you got that going for us, I guess. <laughs> well, I say I say we keep we keep the royalty in Memphis. I hear you, man. Thank you so much for coming on this show. I really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, before you go, let us know, let the people know, where can they find you if they want to connect with you online? Um, okay, okay. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Classic Man. That's with a C, Classic Man 43. Also, you can find me on Facebook at Tajir Wharton. That's T A J I R, last name Wharton, W H A R T O N. Also, you can also follow me on Instagram at my cookie page. It's called T Wow Cookie Creations. <laughs> That's T Wow Cookie Creations. That's T W O W Cookie Creations. And yeah, man, that, that's that's pretty much where you can find me. Also, I will be starting up a Twitter page here soon. Uh, so I am going, you know, tap into Twitter. But I'll get that to you when I decide when, what that name should be. Maybe you guys should let me know what I should name that. Awesome. Well, you heard it. Give him, give him some help. Figure out what his Twitter handle should be. And if you want to check him out, I'll be sure to put links to all of his social media. And I'll link his highlight video in the show notes. So be sure to check that out and see what kind of talent's out there, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Whoa, that was awesome. I loved hearing about how dedicated he was. I mean, waking up at 4 a.m. to go running before school. Uh-uh, ain't happening for me. Like that, 
to have that much drive and love for the game is really what we want to see and like why I'm so excited about Alliance because without the high paycheck, you know, the 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 big return, it's more about the love of getting to play. And that's why I'm really excited about this league is that, you know, these are guys that weren't able for whatever reason to make it to the NFL. As we mentioned in, you know, Garrett's interview, it's not for lack of talent because it's just a lack of opportunity. And I said before, you know, you got about two to 3,000 players in the NFL at any given time and 15,000 or so college players. Yeah, people that just played because they love it. Yeah, and not necessarily because they don't deserve a chance, but for whatever reason, they're, na- you know, they just, for whatever reason, they get overlooked. Yeah, that was a great interview. So it's really awesome to kind of talk to these guys and just hear that passion that they have. Yeah, for sure. All right, so now on to the main story of today, the quote-unquote draft process. Okay. I actually, like, looking at it, there's nowhere that it says draft. I think we ever just kind of assumed that it would be a draft. What are you looking at? (laughs) Um, In the show notes, I'll have the image, but it's just the uh, promo information that the league put out. For? How the player system's going to work. Okay. It's kind of unique, but players are allocated based on where they played before. Explain what? Huh? (laughs) My brain stopped working. Okay. So we're going to go over Memphis and how they're allocated. Okay. Allocated sounds weird. I I mean, because in the NFL, we're used to like a player getting drafted or traded or, you know, signed because he was a free agent. But allocated is weird. It it makes sense why they do it. I mean, if you think about it, you know, there's only a handful of school like these big name schools. You know, your Alabama, your Auburn, LSU, you know, your ranked schools. Yeah. And if you get somebody like our coach, Mike Singletary, who's a legendary Hall of Fame linebacker or Steve Spurrier or. Michael Vick, like these big names, a lot of players are going to kind of go to like one section or another or like one team or another. And so you'll have like a huge disparity. So what the Alliance did is they divided up most of the colleges in the country and assigned each team, a, you know, a bunch of colleges and then divided up all the NFL teams and then they divided up Canadian Football League. OK, so let's say I went to Oregon and I'm a quarterback. I am signed by the Alliance and I'm then allocated to that team that is like within the Oregon district or am I signed? Like if Oregon doesn't sign me, can I go to say Orlando, which is definitely not going to have the Oregon district. Do you know what I mean? This is confusing. Okay. Well, let me, let me, let me go through the whole process. Okay. And then we'll get to your questions. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So phase one is college selection. Okay. So where you went to college will first determine where you're allocated. If you get signed. Who's signing you? Who's ever you're, whoever you're allocated to. Okay, so let me. We'll, <laughs> we'll focus on Memphis, of course. Okay. So Memphis has been allocated Tennessee, LSU, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Memphis, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Middle Tennessee State, Austin P, Chattanooga, East Tennessee State, Tennessee State, Tennessee Tech, Tennessee Martin, Carson Newman, Lane, and Tusculum. Tusculum. I don't know. I have got no idea. <laughs> and Tuscalum. All right. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Tuscalum. There we go. <laughs> How many ways can we say this name? That's probably all wrong. <laughs> so if you went to one of those schools, you're eligible to sign for Memphis right now. Okay. To the Memphis Alliance. This not any other team. Phase one. Yes. Okay. Now, if you didn't go to any of those schools and you didn't go to any other schools that were allocated to other teams, for example, Iowa. Iowa is not allocated to any of the eight teams. Okay. 
So then we move on to phase two. All right. And that's based on your professional experience. Now, we'd have a question. Yes. Are these timetables for a phase? Like is phase one, like let's say April to August? So believe it or not, the Alliance hasn't released that information. Ah, shocker. That I'm aware of. Okay. We'll get to, there's a little clarity we'll get to here in a second once I get through all three phases. <laughs> okay. Um, but not a whole lot. Gotcha. So as far as if you did go to Tennessee and Memphis doesn't sign you, I don't know at what point you're eligible to sign with another team. Okay. I've reached out to ask and I haven't gotten an answer yet. Go figure. Once I find out, I'll let you know. All right. Now, phase two is professional experience. So focusing on Memphis again, if you've played for the Titans, Saints, Colts, or Bengals, and you're not allocated to one of the schools through all the other alliances. In phase one. Yes. Or if you play for Winnipeg and the Canadian Football League, you're allocated to Memphis. My brain hurts. <laughs> All right. So let's say I played for the Saints. I was signed to like the practice squad and then dropped. Uh, I went to Auburn. Auburn is, I think, assigned to Birmingham. Okay. So I you'd went... be first allocated to Birmingham. And uh, so you can't sign with Memphis. Okay. But let's say we'll go back to Iowa, who's unallocated. You play for Iowa and then were signed by the Saints and then you were cut at some point. Yeah. You will be eligible for Memphis. Because your college was unallocated, but professionally, you're with the Memphis team. Whoa, my eyes just got really big. <laughs> Does this make sense to you? Is this yes. something? Oh, okay. Once you like, folk, like really kind of look into it, then it makes sense. Okay, can you guys let me know? Because Dan's like a <laughs> fanatic, so it's not fair for me to compare myself to him. But like, is this confusing to you guys too? Because I'm confused. It's like, once you sit down with a map and look at it, it's easy to figure out. But it's just difficult. Yeah. It seems silly. Do you like this process? Are we getting to that? I kind of like it. Like, it makes sense that it the way they divvy it up. I'm assuming it's not going to be like this in years to come. It's just maybe the first year, first yeah. couple of years. Just to kind of keep everything balanced and keep it fair between all eight teams okay. while they start to build. Gotcha. And so if you've never played professionally in the NFL or Canadian Football League and your college team is unallocated. Like Iowa? Correct. Then you move to phase three, which is open selection. So you can go anywhere. Yes. Okay. So right now, I don't know what the timetable is, but if you're unallocated through the first two phases, you can sign with any team. Mm -hmm. So the way I had thought it was going to work before is that there'd be a timetable for each phase. Right. Like my question. Yeah. So hypothetically, you played for Iowa. You didn't play professionally. I figured you'd go through phase two and then the league as a whole would move to phase three. You start with phase one, right? And the league as a whole would start to phase two, right? And then you'd have to wait till phase three to get signed. So that would suck, though, right? But that's not the way it works. Right now, each player is in their own phase. Okay, so you're personally in your own phase. It's not like a, a league wide thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you played in a, t a college team that's not allocated, but you did play professionally, then you would you'd be on phase two, right? While the allocated college team players are in phase one. Okay, so wait, did you answer my question of like... Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say you're Riley Ferguson, quarterback for U of M last year. Um, has not played... No, he was signed. Who was he signed to again? So he was signed by the Bucks, and then cut from there, and then he signed with the Dolphins, and he's been cut. So right now he's a free agent. Okay, with the NFL. Yes. All right, so let's say you're Riley, and Memphis doesn't want you. The Memphis Alliance team isn't going to sign you. Which I highly doubt, but let's go with that right. hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically. So then he would go to phase two. But let's say he hadn't signed with the NFL. Like, but Memphis isn't going to sign him. Does he automatically go to phase three? Or it's like whoever is allocated the Dolphins 
who he most recently was signed with, right? So are you saying in the real in reality, or are you saying like he wasn't signed to an NFL team at all? Let's just say hypothetically he was not signed. So since he wouldn't have a professional team, he was skip phase two to go to phase three. Okay. But so, when I don't know. Okay. So when so at what point does he get to sign since he's allocated to Memphis, at what point does he get to sign with another team? Right. So again, I, my big question that I'm really trying to get to without it getting so darn complicated is I just hope that the players don't get screwed over by these phases and that they don't miss out on opportunities because other players are getting signed. And I don't know, it just seems so much more complicated than a draft or like free agency. But I'm also wondering if I'm not have like, I feel like maybe I'm also having a hard time grappling with this because it's new. Yeah. Maybe once we get a few seasons in, if this system stands, you know, and sticks around, maybe it will be a lot less confusing and frustrating honestly uh once it's been in place for a few years yeah definitely confusing definitely unique to say the least but you're going to put this graphic in the show notes yes awesome so the question i'm left with is like i mentioned before at what point do you get to move into the next phase or through all of them into open selection right like how firm are these phases is it just Mm -hmm. like just a name that doesn't really matter are we putting too much stock in this or is this like an actual set up thing that you have to like go through all the steps you know what i mean it'll definitely be interesting to see how this plays out if we get more information on it yeah my my guess would be by the time the nfl season starts and once we're done with all the nfl cuts from Mm -hmm. the preseason roster to the full roster yeah that I think everybody's going to be an open selection or maybe maybe we'll go through that. So that way all the players that are cut is still allocated based on team. And then sometime maybe in October, November, we'll get moving along. Cause I would imagine that they would, you know, cause something like a thousand players going to be cut from the NFL rosters mm-hmm. for them to all be unallocated. I don't see that happening. I would imagine they would still be allocated based on college and, professionally right but then sometime after that i would imagine everybody goes open selection it'll like i said it'll definitely be interesting to see how this plays out yeah like we said earlier we were so excited to bring you these two player interviews in today's episode and just to remind you we want to put it out to you guys do you want us to keep putting player interviews in our one a week episode or do you want to split it up and have a bonus episode maybe every week every other week with player interviews and then keep our thursday episodes with dan and i and our conversation here so reach out to us on social media memphisaaf.com slash contact and just let us know what your preference is what you're thinking and we'd love to hear from you thank you so much for listening that's all we've got for you today if you like the show and you're not already be sure to subscribe that way you don't miss an episode or anything else we put out And make sure you check us out on social media. Dan's been a total badass in uh, keeping up with Twitter and I think Facebook too. So check it out. And Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. 